fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies. This is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology and makes it a reality. We have been entrusted with that responsibility. We are the Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn. With me, physics phenom, Dr. Michael Denon. Great to be here, Dan. I'm looking forward to some Terminator action, and I'm very confident we will not be terminated. <laughs> I hope not, although thankfully the Sarah Connor Chronicles was terminated. I'm not sure where that falls into the canon, but I'm already getting too excited here, Denon. We have to talk to our enigmatic engineer, Ben Seepser. Ben, where are you broadcasting from this week? Well, today I've gone to the resistance bunker in 2042 and i'm helping out in that human augmentation lab <laughs> i love that you are in the future which does not surprise me at all and that is going to be a theme right off the bat here ben i like that you've gone right there so first off we're talking about terminator dark fate the latest in the terminator series one of the franchises that i really on paper want to love but in practice i gotta tell you guys this one falls short and part of it is because of the time travel element so first of all, we are not we're going to try our best not to spoil anything, but this is going to be a very tough one to avoid spoilers. So we I'll do my best here guys. But let's talk about time travel first if that's all right. Are you guys cool with that? Absolutely. Okay. Now th as I mentioned, this is probably one of my favorite series of movies. And I because I love the futuristic element of it. I I love the post-apocalyptic side of this. But the time travel, if this was not a time travel movie, and most people actually forget that it is because it happens usually at the beginning of the movies very briefly, and even though the theme of the movie is to change the future, I think people tend to forget that, but... These these movies are just they they always they're they're so good at making a complete story that they forget how to set up for the next movie. Therefore, the next movie has to shatter everything that they've done beforehand. And this one is no different. So, uh, how did you guys feel about this the time travel element in this movie? Well, for me, Dan, it's actually ironically what I think saves this movie with respect to movie one and two because it allows me to forget all the movies in between which i feel are the problematic ones um we'll get into it probably a little bit more but the time travel in this you know is very specific you can only go in one direction usually in the past they occasionally go in the future there's no return allowed it's a very specific type of time travel technology and experience i like some aspects of that um, the future does get changed. It gets changed permanently. Um, and this movie, I think, does it consistently, like I said, with one and two. So luckily, I have no memory anymore, and I've forgotten all the ones in between. So I just think there's only a Terminator 1, 2, and Dark Fate, and I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, you know, what I love about this time travel thing is, you know, we just did Star Trek, the time travel in Star Trek. And one of the cool things there is this block universe theory. And your analogy was so great, Denon, where you talk about how it's like a movie reel, a film reel, where the movie exists all at once, and you can visit each individual scene, each individual cell, but they all exist, and that's kind of how time travel works. This one is a little bit more like uh, there's this famous time traveler in the early 2000s called John Teeter. I think it's been so far kind of exposed as a complete hoax. But what I loved about what they did, even from a fictional standpoint, is this idea of quantum time travel. One way you can go from the future to the past. 
But because you've done that, you've changed. It's a basically a quantum timeline, a parallel timeline that you can change, but you can't go forward because by simply going into the past, you've changed your future destination. You can't go through. I actually like the way that works in this one. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah. That's what I like about the Terminator time travel and how it makes sense to me is that when you go back in time, you're going to a new timeline because Terminator explicitly requires your old past to still exist for you to have gone back and do what you need to do. So clearly, every time someone time travels, they create a whole new universe in which to explore. Yeah, and I think it adds a dimension to the concept that we talked about before on a previous episode about how quantum foam is made up of each individual universe, each bubble in the quantum foam is an individual universe and that they can split and they they all kind of fit in this foam. And Denon, I know you love to talk about foam, so you got to be on board with this. Oh, I do. Well, and the other thing I love, as you know, Dan, is free will and choice. And I think one of the things they try and do in the Terminator movie is create the very strong idea that there is no such thing as fate, right? You always can choose what to do now, and it will make a brand new future. So there, there is this very real, the future is not set feel, which is why they get to keep making new futures and change it. I do think they went a little off the rails after Terminator 2 and trying to figure out some consistency. But I really liked how this kind of connected to Terminator 1 and 2 and potentially set up um, a couple more movies. We'll see how that goes. Well, I will just say this, and then we can... Oh, did you want to say something, Ben? Because I'm, I'm going to close this this time loop. Yeah, let, let, the, I, well, I just wanted to plug in that. I, I That's what a great point that Den made about the how it... The lack of fate. Because you know in most other time travel movies that they have to succeed because the world still exists. But <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, Terminator, yeah. you don't know because it's a new timeline each time this time travel happens. No, I think that's true. I'm just going to say this one last thing, and this is just the, the film background in me here. This third movie, the, the, all that stuff goes out the window. There is no there is no fate but what we make. It's the, the future is unavoidable, and that's how the, the movie ends, completely destroying the thematic elements of the first two movies, which they then reset with, with the rest of the movies. So this, this series is all over the map, guys. Get your act together here. So we, we got to get to the technology here, guys. And so one of the things that was interesting about this movie is the, the new Terminator. Uh, it's it's kind of like the Reese's peanut butter of the machine world. It's, you know, it's the chocolate of the T-800 mixed with the peanut butter of the T-1000. Um, I kind of had mixed feelings on this, but, but what did you what did you think about this, Denon, from, from a technological standpoint? So from a technological standpoint, I found it fascinating because you know what it, the number one thing it did for me, Dan, which we can talk about a little bit more, is realize all the better ways to beat a Terminator. Like, <laughs> it, ironically, I know it was meant to be stronger, better, faster, and there are some ways it was, but to me, it revealed some of the key weaknesses, particularly when you think in terms of modern technology. And some of it they tried to take advantage of in this movie. But the biggest thing it raised is, where is the processing unit for these things? How does the processing work and how well is that protected? Because instead of trying to destroy these things physically, what you really want to do is go after its processing power. And that's something I realized wasn't really in the other movies and was alluded to here and they tried. Um, but I found that fascinating that by trying to make something super strong, to me, it revealed its weaknesses. Denon, I think that that's a great point. I think the processing power is the key. And, and in some ways, that was the point of, of in T2, how they destroyed the liquid metal machine is they had to melt it. They had to destroy that processor. But what's kind of interesting about this is 
the thing I like about it, which I assume most people like, is that you now have two Terminators you have to deal with. You got the best of the first movie and the second movie. But what, what I think is interesting is how do those two things communicate with each other, number one, and number two, and they kind of did this in T2, but the, the, the metal structure, the T-800, for lack of a better term, part of this Terminator really is the skeletal system that the liquid metal should be over. I never really understood how it was able to both be a liquid and support its weight at the same time. So I don't know, maybe that's just my bio- biological thinking, but what did you think, Ben? I, I think you're touching on why it's so, this is such a great improvement over the T-1000. By having a skeletal structure, you're now back on molecular bonds instead of mechanical bonds to make the structure of the Terminator. If you think about uh, things that we build in the real world, the, uh, a solid steel bar is always going to be stronger than like a dovetailed joint of steel because it can deform, it can break apart. If you think about what a T-1000 must be, which is lots of little nanobots probably holding on to each other, each of those little things, that's that's a point of weakness, all those little joints. But if you have this solid skeleton underneath, now, which we see in the movie when Grace is fighting the term, the, the Rev-9 with when it doesn't have the skeleton, she's able to slice right through it and slice it all up apart. But if it has the skeleton now, when she slices it, it hits the bone, and now it like grows onto her sword and like attacks her. Right, venom and carnage style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think that's a lot of what I was alluding to, and Ben, you said it very well. Um, this does reveal some of the inherent weaknesses of the two different Terminators separately when they were before, and particularly as you said, Dan, the liquid one. Um, you can't really destroy it easily, but you can certainly momentarily disable it by slicing it back into liquid. And that happens a lot more in this movie than it did in T2. Um, and it really probably should have happened more when you had the T-1000 without that skeleton. Yeah, it, it makes me think about the future when they're fighting these things. I would imagine the resistance would come up with weapons like that just fire thousands of flechettes. And that would just permanently disable any of these kinds of all liquid terminators so they put in the skeleton to kind of keep them together well I've, I've always said this ben you know this i've always said flechettes are the wave of the future i don't know why more people haven't incorporated <laughs> them into their anti-terminator technology but but i think there is something there um so what about communication is just wireless communication i, I mean is there still no because the, the the liquid terminator still exists on its on its own so you know i mean there's still there's still that going on i think that is a problem for it and it does um was the question i had through the whole movie that to the degree that I even Googled it, Dan, and looked it up afterwards, is where is the processing power and do they have separate ones or only one? And the um, assumption is that all the processing power actually is in the skeletal unit and it is communicating to the liquid one when it's operating separately. So yeah, there's some sort of Bluetooth or wireless going on here, um, which is an interesting design feature and probably makes sense. It's probably hard to make the two processing units, but the T-1000 presumably had its own sort of internal processor somehow. So I think this is a big open question. Personally, if I was designing it, I'd probably give them each their own processing unit for redundancy, um, but that's not what seems to have happened here. Well, I'd imagine there's got to be some level of processing in the liquid part just for it to move. You don't want to have to try to do small motor control over the wireless 
And and you probably want some sort of homing program too, because we even saw in the movie where they got separated pretty far away, far enough that I would worry about Bluetooth or wireless connectivity. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I mean, I went to Nanobots. I mean, it said they never once. I don't think they ever said liquid metal as they did in T and for the T one thousand. So I thought maybe they would be small, you know, working together like ants, small little nanobots working together like ants, and then that we could latch on to the skeletal structure, also form their own their own little, you know, solid-esque type thing. And it kind of looks like that. We see when it's kind of liquefying and reshaping, it definitely has a texture to it that looks like it could be a lot of little robots. A lot of little guys. Uh, yeah. So, all right, so before we go on, I, I got a quick little in real life thing here. This I, I just read this article. I put it on my Twitter feed. I'm going to put it up on the website. This has nothing to do with technology but as we know biology is nature's technology i'm gonna put that on a t-shirt one day uh one thing here anglerfish they've just found that male anglerfish fuse themselves to the female to a female anglerfish during what is arguably the most bizarre mating ritual in the animal kingdom when i say fuse i mean they become biologically a part of of the female anglerfish and they seem this this happens because the males seem to have lost parts of their immune system so that they don't trigger an immune response i just thought this was really crazy which made me when i was thinking of the tea uh you know the the liquid part of this how it's kind of fusing with the other one you know it just it just seemed it's all right there biology figured it out okay so now we got the we got the rev 9 but we're fighting the rev 9 as a human we've got the you know the the human character grace you know she's an augmented human with increased speed power and reaction she is not a robot, or, or I guess she's technically a cyborg, but she's not a robot. Th- this I really liked. Uh, what did you guys think about enhancing human beings to fight these uh, these Terminators? Well, I think it's a great advance, and it's probably what you would have to do in these dark futures of <laughs> that we see of 2042, that humans are squishy, not very good fighters. And when you're fighting death squid robots, like we see in her uh, flashback, yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you're going to need some uh, you're going to need some under armor <laughs> that's under your skin to keep keep these guys from stabbing you. And you're going to want some stronger bones so they can't just snap you. <laughs> I, it's it's a clear, obvious evolution of humanity and its fight against the machines. Well, I think that that's spoken like a true transhumanist, which apparently <laughs> you must be. Uh, Denon, what did you think about this? Are you old school analog or are you with Ben? Are you the human race's future exists in the in the junction point between biology and machine? Well, you know, I just have to say I had flashbacks to the bionic woman in this one. Um, or actually, no, I apologize. It was the bionic man, to be clear. Um what I liked about her augmentation in one level was the extra eyesight she had, the ability to um, a spot and target the Terminator very quickly. Um, she clearly had digital eyes added, which is the bionic man. I, I know I went with bionic woman first. She was the bionic hearing. I just don't want a lot of Twitter rage against us for any errors in that regard. Well, she, ha- she had bionic <laughs> hearing too, though. She, she had that too, but it was the eye that I really liked the... Um, you know, sort of the cinematic effects around the way they they had her sort of hone in on the the Terminator and know where it was. Um, and it's the augmented senses that are re- really critical too, right? You don't want to be surprised. So I liked that they didn't focus just on strength, speed, and power, um, but gave her some of these other abilities, which are rather old school, Dan. And so, I mean, I know it's still kind of digital robotic, but we can build them. We can rebuild them faster, stronger, and better. Why not? <laughs> 
No, it's very true. And, it, you know, in one of the other episodes, I put a link up for this highly advanced cybernetic eye that is compatible with a biological interface. It's made for robots, but you can actually hook it up to the retina of the human eye, which I think is just crazy. So this this is not that far-fetched. You know, I, I got to I gotta disagree with you, Dennis. I thought the cool part of this was the biohacking of the speed, strength, and power because it was almost done it, – it was done – Naturally is not the correct word, but I, I think it was done with in, enhanced metabolism because, as she mentioned, they you know they, they're they're built like a cheetah. They've got fast bursts of energy for survival. If they don't kill a Terminator in the first, I don't know what she said, ninety seconds or whatever, you're dead anyway. So this is like all out. Your body's all in, increased adrenaline. You know, you're you're trying to re- reduce the amount of cortisol and all the negative things in your body that are that are that are clouding your brain. You know, like like typically my brain gets clouded if I'm really jacked up on adrenaline or if I'm highly focused, you know, uh, and I think that that is really the cool part of this is to both have the advantages of being in a stressful situation without the downsides of being in a stressful situation. That was my favorite part. Well, I do agree with you, Dan, for a slightly different reason. I think one of the best things was the way they handled the side effects of the augmentation, right? I like that they didn't just make her superhuman and then ignore that nothing would go wrong. And you're exactly right, that increased metabolism. Um, and I love just the scene where she's there and she's listing off the things she wants from the pharmacist and then just goes, oh, forget it. And, and you know, walks back there and grabs it all herself. But it actually has to be mixed into a, a liquid cocktail that is then injected into her. So I, I agree with you. That part was super cool. And I really liked for lack of a better word, I know people will laugh at this, the realism of that level of augmentation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I do wonder where the border is between the power source, because she had a power source. That's like a part of the film. There's like some sort of power uh, module in her body. So I'm curious what the border is between her body's energy reserves and the mechanical energy reserves. Clearly, it's not all coming from her eating like she otherwise she'd have to be eating like 30 sandwiches after every fight well that's right, what right. i liked about it ben right is you've yeah. got a, a artificial power source but you're not getting rid yeah. of the negative we know that metabolism and power makes ugly byproducts yeah. in the human body so she's got a source for power but then she gets all of these ugly byproducts and she needs the drugs to deal with the byproducts mm. um like the first thing she asked for actually was water which is really clever because you're gonna have to flush stuff out True. No, I think true. that that's really true. I mean, you know, one of the things that stops people, and by people I mean athletes, from going forever is the buildup of lactic acid. Your muscles start to burn. They start to fail. And if you can flush that out, if you have a highly efficient, you know, physiology, you know, you're talking about flushing all this stuff out then. And if you can do that at an increased rate, you can, you know, quote unquote, naturally go longer and further without having to augment it with, you know, with some sort of technology, mechanical thing, or artificial chemicals you know you're using the body you're just making the human human body more efficient at doing those things exactly yeah. One of the things, so I'm going to put I'm going to put a link up about biohacking on the website. There's a couple things you can do at home. One of the things to increase metabolism is to take cold showers for three days in a row in a form of cryotherapy, which apparently is great. This is what all the athletes do is, is stick yourself in a, a cold tub. It sounds horrible to me. I don't know about you guys. It's not something I want to do, but uh, <laughs> not know, at all, Dan. Did, not at all. You know, you, tell, telling someone to go take a cold shower meant something different when I was a kid. And for this, it means, hey, help boost your metabolism. So maybe that's 
going to be the new thing here. Uh, you know, so doing this, I think, is possible. There's a couple of really interesting things going on. One we mentioned before. One is one is that we haven't, but is a little old. But DARPA, everyone knows DARPA. This is really the advanced projects that of the the government were this these are the this is where the future sci-fi in real life is really going on at DARPA but uh, Obama in 2013 started the brain initiative which includes several projects this is to augment soldiers uh, augment the biology of soldiers a couple of two really cool ones neurofast is one of their projects and that's to decode your brain activity to mi- uh, mitigate threats and, and inc- this includes functional behaviors. So you, creating a more efficient brain that will inc- add to increased reflexes to ex- exterior stimuli, threats. You know, this is what's going on there. If you can make the, the brain more efficient at, recon- at recognizing threats, you can, you can reflex a little bit better. And then there's this other one called electric prescriptions, electric RX. This is using the human body to heal itself through neuromodulation of organ functions and ultra-miniaturized devices. I guess those are nanobots in a way. They're roughly the size of nerve, nerve fibers. But this is kind of an interesting that the government is really looking into ways to enhance your already existing organs to heal quicker. And I feel like there's some small aspect of that inside of, of the augmented soldiers from the future in Terminator. There has to be, right? Oh, yeah. Healing was clearly an exciting part of it, though it's not quite at like the Wolverine or other levels, which I liked, right? There is a level of healing, but not invincibility level. And and of course, and of course, Neuralink, that's the chip that goes in your brain. Uh, Elon Musk is trying to adjust, we mentioned this on a previous episode, adjust the amount of chemicals like adrenaline. Um, but this can, you know, he's doing it to adjust mood, but you can easily see in the future for this to adjust adrenaline and all of your stress hormones that um, and enzymes that let you, you know, achieve new areas of athletic heights. Uh, but one other quick thing I want to talk about here, you know, we've got, this is Schwarzenegger September. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie, which is a T-800. You know, this is kind of a weird aspect because he's a robot living a normal life, which begs the question, what do robots do when the mission is over, especially advanced AI? Um, what do you guys, what do you think about this? This is my favorite part, Dan. I'm going to just go right to that. Not because Arnold's my favorite part, but that's part of it. What I loved about this is at heart, I'm an optimist. And I was kind of tired of all the bad AI. Like there's this assumption that AI is going to suddenly realize we're all evil and kill us all. Um, Now, it is true. One of the big things in computer science, we have to be worried about programming our biases in. And one of our biases is that people are bad and we go to war and kill them. But let's leave that aside for a moment. I love that he learned a form of compassion, right? If we're going to believe AI can learn, why not learn that too? And taking everything else aside, I just love that part of the movie. Um, It was a little weird how quickly Sarah Connor got over everything, (laughs) but, you know, I had to do that for the time frame. It was already over two hours long for the movie, but I I really enjoyed that part of the AI. Huh, interesting. Okay. Um, What about you, Ben? If if I'm the pessimist of the group and Denon's the optimist, you're right in the middle. You're in the Goldilocks zone. (laughs) Where do you fall on this? Well, I really liked it. I'm very curious as to why he went gray. Like, Shouldn't shouldn't he always look like No, they talked about it in one of the other movies because Schwarzenegger was getting older, but that the the actual the T800s they they age and at a regular rate. The, the the biological part of them, you know, like an old moss still grows and ages. So so is that part of their uh infiltration unit that they act like normal humans in terms of aging? It's just yeah, it's just it's part of the biology. They still age. I 
Hmm. I don't know why Skynet would want that because that sounds like too long for a mission. But okay. <laughs> I'm just. Hey, I'm just. I'm just telling you what goes on here. But I definitely. I really liked how they really focused on how, like Dan was talking about, like how the AI learned, how the AI took its discarded its its typical murder program because once the murder program's done now it has to do something because it knows it's on a one-way trip so it figures out something else to do i really liked that well i'm glad you guys like this i thought this was absolutely ridiculous why would it just not go into a self-destruct phase or walk into the bottom of the ocean and bury itself or whatever why would it suddenly become and just start a new life as a robot um but (laughs) but i wanted to (laughs) I, i think that's a great question and what it comes down to is it a program or is it ai Mm. Right. And what I liked about this is it fully embraced the idea of AI. Right. And and that Skynet can make mistakes, too. I mean, Skynet didn't give it anything to do after its mission, but programmed it to learn. That was the mistake. I agree with you, Dan. If Skynet was smarter, Skynet would have had, okay. once your mission is completed, walk into the ocean and drown yourself. Yeah. Well, and it can't really drown itself. But you you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, it could self-destruct. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it explode like yeah, like a like a predator. Let's say yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll a get little there. foreshadowing. We'll get there. We'll get there. So I wanted before we finish here, I got it. This is this is. There's two really fun in real life things about this. Um, this is a, a, a this is a, an article I put up on my Twitter feed that I just thought was really cool. The Los Alamos National Laboratory reveal, uh, realized and learned through experiments that neural nets, advanced AI, become unstable. After long periods of unsupervised learning, they need naps. So what they did is they injected basically, you know, white noise into their system and that rejuvenated them. And they were able to continue working without as many errors. Uh, I I love this. I thought this was really cool. On top of that, there's a new chip, the Prodigy chip, which is being produced. This may revolutionize AI and may make robot, uh, robot brains possible. And the guy who created this just reminds me a lot of Miles Dyson from T2, if you guys remember, uh, when they re- recovered the arm in the, in the microchip right. from the original Terminator movie, he was the guy who, who is essentially responsible for Skynet, <laughs> and you know he may actually exist in real life, um, which I thought was really cool. So I, you know, I, I really like this movie. I think we've, we've, we've really explained a lot of it, but we gotta, we've come to my favorite part of the episode, which is our errors, additions, and omissions, things we want to talk about but we're not going to. Uh, Denon, I'm going to go to you first on this one. You know, I have to say, I just love Sarah Connor's anger throughout the movie. I just thought that was great. And the cell phone in the bag of chips. Let's just say, I'm not sure how much tinfoil or aluminum is really in a bag of chips anymore. And Arnold, at the great level that Arnold is, points out, if you're going to put your cell phone in a bag of chips, leave it there. Don't keep pulling it out. (laughs) I love it because that goes on to... Uh, one of the things I did want to talk about was if GPS can be hidden by a bag of chips, aluminum foil, those guys who wear tinfoil hats, there may be something to that. Uh, but Ben, did you have anything for this episode? Absolutely. I have two things. One one thing I just don't understand is why does it get cold when the when the Terminator time travels? Like, why does it all of a sudden freeze? There's like a lot of electricity and energy showing up and it gets cold? That doesn't really make sense to me. And the other thing is, there's one other way the two Terminators could be talking, the two pieces, and that's through that deep, those deep eyes. <laughs> they, he really gets some good uh, looks at the, uh, 
at the roboskeleton, and that could be the communication method. Too. Oh, that's really interesting. I like that. You know, I will say what the, what I did like about the time travel is that the the ice it reminds me of Back to the Future, and they have similar time travel um, at a, modes of of tra- time travel. Same the same universe, the same right. physics behind their time travel is kind of interesting. Um, so I got a couple things here. You know. Again, these this movie I liked it and I didn't like it. Legion just feels like Skynet 2.0. You know, if anything, instead of we can change the future, it just seems like well, inevitably we're going to create um, a, a massive computer that's going to take us over with machines. You know, it's very the Empire versus the First Order in Star Wars. It just felt very similar. Um, you know, I, Linda Hamilton was cool. She's she's pretty ba in this, uh, but then she becomes kind of as corny as Schwarzenegger. You know, I wasn't I wasn't in love with with that part. Uh, I did love Carl's draperies. The fact that a Terminator would stop being a killing machine and then start installing drapes like that was that was that was a lot of fun um you know the the Morningstar whip Grace uses a Morningstar whip in this and that's very similar to our Castlevania episode and lastly uh, to pass a hu- to pass as a human for long enough to kill you is easy but to pass off as human long enough to raise a family is not plausible so that I had a really hard time <laughs> with it in this movie but anyway enough griping I feel like I'm just ranting about this movie I actually did like it but you know in case you don't like that or you got another opinion or you've got something a technology you want us to look at you can get in touch with us very easily the show is on twitter at f triple g bt pod it's on facebook at f triple g bt but then and i know you like to talk to this about this stuff this is schwarzenegger september man i know you want to get involved how can people get in touch with you well twitter and instagram it's at den and michael just reverse my name and then on facebook at prof den and michael very good ben where can people find you? You can get me on all the major social media networks at B Seepser. Ben, how do you spell that? B S I E P S E R. You can find me on all those major social media platforms as well. Ben is not the only one in all of them, although he is on probably twice as many as I am. Nonetheless, Twitter at Daniel J. Glenn, Instagram at the Daniel J. Glenn, Facebook at Analytical Mastermind. So this speaking of analytical mastermind, it really requires a certain computer ma- mastermind, a computerized mastermind to, to create terminators, send them back in time, and to alter the future in as many different iterations as they have in this franchise. But I think despite the complexity, we've really figured this out but be careful guys if you're going to create your own terminator remember these are very dangerous creatures they're dangerous machines you want to be very responsible with this technology be a superhero not a supervillain until next time thank you for listening fascinating gadgets gizmos and gear based technologies is a glencoe production and is produced by me daniel j glenn the Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, if you like the show, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? The good news is we're on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now Spotify. If you're not already on those platforms, don't worry. We've made it very easy for you. Go to our website, F triple gbt.com that's f triple gbt.com where you will find links to everything you're looking for all the subscribe buttons at the bottom of the page links to our social media are right there and if you go to the top of the page you'll see a little button that says episodes click on that and go to your favorite episode There you can find the show in its entirety. You can find the links that we talked about, the in real life examples that we brought to you, including videos. And of course, we've got each episode has its own YouTube video. You can watch it there if you prefer. And if you like this show, 
You're going to like everything that I do. Go to DanielJGlenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening.